Hi, it's Paul Camillos. Welcome to Series 5 of Shooting the Breeze. Join me and my co-host Jacinta Gavin as we talk to inspiring players, amazing coaches and the legends behind the scenes and at the grassroots of the game. This marks the start of our fourth year of covering women's hoops and women in hoops. And throughout the series, we welcome experts like Lyndon Moore from New Zealand and other special guests from across the world to get a global picture of the game. During this series, we'll take a closer look at the grassroots and the passionate people at the community level. And of course, the 30th edition of the FIBA Women's Asia Cup will be heading to our shores for the first time to showcase the best women's hoops in our region. Hit that subscribe button and to show your support, rate and leave us a review on iTunes so we reach more listeners. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze. And we are live from Sydney Uni Sport and Fitness at uh, Darlington in Sydney, just before the NBL 1 East final. Jacinta, welcome to the show. It's going to be a big one. My upper lip is already sweating, Paul. (laughs) I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm not even playing or coaching. I mean, I'm participating as commentating, and that makes me nervous enough. But just the anticipation of these close matchups today in the NBL 1 East final has got me nervous enough. Oh, definitely. I mean, look, we've both been looking at the stats during the week, and there is nothing between these two teams. I mean, it's so close. This game could go either way. Absolutely, and referencing the first game being Manly, Warringah Sea Eagles and Norse Bears for the women at 2pm. Yep. Listen, flip a coin. Yep. Flip a coin and that's who's going to win this game. Uh, like you said, statistically, it is very, very close. Both teams ranking very high in both offensive and defensive rating overall for the whole season. Very high in field goal percentage, offensive, defensive rebounds. I just can't – I can't pick it. I, I honestly can't pick it. And even if you go then to the depth of the bench, mm. it's both teams run deep. They do. But we were talking before the show, one of the things that was really interesting is that the North Bears bench has gotten pretty reasonable scores down to around about number eight, whereas the Manly Warringah bench gets down to about six – And then after that, the scores are significantly lower. Now, to be fair, that's because of the amount of minutes that they've played. It's not related to the the quality of the players. But is that potentially going to play a a, a factor in this game? I think it might because if you have a look at the minutes from the semifinals where Manly, Warringah played COE, they did typically only play seven players. Mm. And despite, you know, the bench still being very talented, they didn't get a lot of game time. And I think sometimes um, even having a little bit of experience of finals time basketball, whether it's only a minute here or there, makes a massive difference because you never know what's going to happen today. It's completely unpredictable. Finals is already... um, It's already a spanner in the works. Like, there's magic in the air. I can't explain it. But uh, I think... Knowing that Norse bench have had uh, a little bit more experience in terms of depth, not so much depth on the bench, but having their bench, having a bit more playing experience more consistently over the season. Yep. And also with Norse in the semifinal against Comets, starting the likes of Pittman and Shika on the bench Mm. and coming off on as sixth and seventh players. um, I think that was a really smart move. And I think that could be also something that is going to be in Norse's favour. But the other thing is like, you know... You know, lots of teams 
come finals time will only play seven of their 10 or 12 yep. players, right? I mean, if you even look at the NCAA W finals, it was the same. But um, what happens when one of those seven players gets in foul trouble, goes down with injury? That's when you're going to call on your bench to step up. But if they don't have that finals experience or extra game time experience up their belt, um, I don't know, it poses a few question marks. It does. And I mean, let's not forget, how many times have we seen games where, you know, you've got two reasonably equally matched teams going into a grand final and it comes down to the fact that, you know, the, the lack of finals experience ends up being what causes the, the difference at the end of the game. Um, look, to be honest, I think this one's so close, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if we potentially got an OT on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, statistically, you would, you're expecting OT. Yeah. 100% expecting overtime. I think what it's going to come down to is uh, field goal percentages between the two teams. North yep. have the edge at the end of the regular season. Yeah. We were talking off air as well about how North started the season with a pretty uncharacteristic uh, low field goal percentage, but they've improved since then. Yep. Um, but we know that the likes of all the Hendersons and Delaney's from yep. Manly can hit important shots as well. For example, semi-final against COE, they only had 15 three-pointers, but they made eight of those 15, yep. and they were all contested. So we know that they can shoot under pressure too. Um, it's statistically looks like a game in overtime, but you just never know. Like Finals time as well, someone could just come along, everything will click, and it could be a, blow, a blowout. Oh, yeah, but, you just, but, I mean, I, I'm definitely not expecting this game to be a blowout no. by any means. No, and... There's, there's the, other, the other unknown factor, which is, you know, it is the cross-peninsula rivalry. You know, it's North versus Manly Warringah. It, it's, it's, you know, for, for local bragging rights. What was what were some of our friends calling it on Twitter? The Stoosh Bridge, the North the North Shore Stoush, the North the North Shore Stoush, the Stoush <laughs> Bridge Challenge or something. <laughs> and now, look, that's a bit niche for me. I wasn't uh, aware of that kind of reference until our friends like Lockie and Sammy said it online. So props to them for that pickup. Yeah. But uh, I might have to try and put that into the commentary <laughs> today. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm expecting that this one's going to be a really amazing game to watch. Nobody's going to give anything less than 110%. And there's one other little X factor that came into this. If you look at, look at the performance of Norths over the season... There was, there was a little bit of a, a hiccup mid-season, but that also happened to be at the same time when their head coach, uh, Renee Gallup, was in nationals duty for the FIBA Asia Women's Cup. Yeah, with the Opals. That's yeah. right. That's right. So she was called away for Opals duties. Uh, and, yeah, so North had a couple of tough games in her absence and yep. then ended up dropping a couple of games. But it looks like since she's come back, They've really uh, consolidated what they had and, and improved on their previous performance. So it's all gone upward from there. But on the, again, on the flip side, this is going to happen <laughs> with every point of conversation when we're yeah. talking about these two teams. Yeah, it is. On the flip side, yep. Coach Nathan Kerwin just won Coach of the Year. So That's congratulations right. to him. Yes. Something that I strongly agree with that he was Coach of the Year because this Manly roster have played together for the last couple years. Yep. Um, they're all great friends off the court too, so they've got that good chemistry on and off the court. Last year did make the semi-final, but just couldn't go all the way. And this year, he has just taken them to a whole another level. So props to him for that. 
Um, but yeah, when we're talking about the strength of Renee Gull for North, and we've got <laughs> yeah. the strength of Nathan Kerwin for Manly. I mean, just I, you know, how how do we split these teams? I think the I other the other thing that I think I was going to mention was when it comes to finals time. All eyes are going to be on the superstars, right? Yeah. So you've got the Manly roster where Alex Delaney was nominated for MVP, Kim Hodge announced in All Star Five, Fliss Henderson nominated for Youth Player of the Year, Annie yep. Henderson nominated for <laughs> Defensive Player <laughs> of the Year. The bench doing outstanding things in Youth League. North, you know, similar kind of accolades, right? But all eyes are going to be on them. The scouts are going to be focused on those matchups. You know, who's going to shut down Simons? Who's going to contain Fliss Henderson? Who's yep. going to limit um, Carla Pittman? This is the prime time. You know, we were saying before, you've got to call on your bench. Have they got great limited, you know, have they got enough finals experience? Yep. But on the flip side, again, this is a time in finals time when everyone's taking care of the stars that the bench players are going to be unaccounted for yeah. and have the opportunity to step up and just ha- be, have a breakout performance. It, 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 it's, it's like, and I'm, I don't know how many times we've said it in this podcast already, there's nothing between these teams. There's literally nothing. It's, it could go either way. It's going to be an exciting game to watch. There's going to be a lot of interesting matchups taking place. I think a lot of, a lot of how this is going to pan out may also have to do how the coaches handle their rotations, right? And try and throw, throw a spanner in the works in terms of, oh, we weren't expecting this mix of players to hit the floor and this is something that, you know, we're not really set up to be able... To, we haven't been able to scout it. We're not set up to be able to counter this as well as we thought. Yeah, and especially with North now having that flexibility of bringing Pittman and Shika off the bench... Mm. Something, you know, a, a starting five that perhaps we weren't expecting in the semi-final against Comets. Yep. And, you know, maybe with that added flexibility, we could see a whole other starting five today based on, you know, Manly's consistent starting five that they've had all season. So it'd be really interesting to see how, how well Coach Kerwin was able to prepare for that. Um, but in the meantime, I imagine given that he's got so many great defenders on his team, I don't think he's going to be bothered in terms of whatever starting five... Uh, Norse have. Yep. I am pretty sure he, that he is, has full confidence in his team that they are going to be able to handle whatever comes their way. Oh, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned um, Comets and COE earlier. We've, we've got to say, it's a pretty impressive performance for two teams that having their inaugural season in the NBL One East, to be able to make it as far as they did um, you know, and, and also challenge up in some results. I mean, you know, when second played seventh in relation to the, the, the Comets, I think most people would have been thinking this is as far as the Comets are going to go. And yet they upended the story and got one more round. Mm. Against a very strong and consistent Newcastle at Newcastle. Yeah. Like, that's not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Talk about a partisan crowd up there. Yeah, it's, uh, I've played a lot of games at Newcastle and I have mixed memories because I've won some great games there but I've also lost some terrible games there. So it's not always my favourite place to play. So, yeah, big, big credit to Comets for winning that quarterfinal on that day. And we also have to throw out there that um, this morning we got the MVP for the NBL1 East announced. Yes. Yep. Nicole Munger. Yeah. 
pretty amazing performance. Absolutely. Again, just showing that consistency of the Newcastle Falcons roster. You know, there were games where she was averaging a double-double of 20 and 20. Yeah. I mean, 20 and 10, sure, but 20 and 20. 20 rebounds. <laughs> like, she getting paid per rebound. Like, it was, it was outstanding. Yeah. And I, I think one of the other things that I noticed in this season particularly is the WNBL players had a real performance differential to the other to the other players on on various teams if you look at you know the the numbers that were shown through the season in terms of personal performances um i think that's really going to be a good thing in terms of developing more talent because the best way to improve is to play against someone who is you know a lot better than you oh absolutely the best way to test yourself um i would have loved to see i might you know it's always great to see matchups like Fliss Henderson, Youth Player of the Year nominee, who throughout the season was so close to getting a triple-double. I think there were maybe like two games she got a triple-double, but there were plenty more games where she was one rebound or one assist away from getting a triple-double. I would say like a third of the season. So seeing someone like her who's an emerging talent versus someone like Loz Nicholson, Mm. who in a similar position and a similar skill set but now an Opal, go head-to-head... I mean, that's one for the ages and beautiful development opportunity for the likes of um, Phyllis Henderson. Yeah, and it gives those players an opportunity to be seen by, you know, WNBL coaches by and, and also raise their profile um, in terms of, you know, national representation going forward in, and, you know, who knows, maybe Opal selection eventually. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know that uh, there are a lot of the players who were nominated for Youth Player of the Year uh, were also in that wider squad for the Gems that recently went to Spain for the World Cup in July. Yep. Um, So, I mean, that's really the calibre of athletes that we have, especially in this women's competition for NBL One East. Oh, there's there's so much talent developing through these pathways. Um, you got to say, we've got to be feeling pretty confident for the future of the Opals over the next 10 years. Oh, definitely. And even it's just going to strengthen the league at a local level as well. Um, it would be great if there are a couple more pathways to WNBL teams eventually in our state somehow. Yep. But I wonder as well over time if more resourcing uh, goes into our NBL1 East clubs, if it will then eventually become maybe even a better option for some kids to stay rather than to go to college. Because a big issue I know that we have, especially in East, is that we'll have great young talent coming through the ranks playing already important roles in NBL1 teams. Yep. But then going to college and then over that three, four years going back and forth, depending what division college they play, coming back to play or, or not. And I think if we're able to retain them, that's going to make the league even stronger. Yeah, it definitely will because also, let's not forget, uh, if they go to college, they're not going to be starting. They're going to spend their first couple of years. First year will be warming the bench. Second year they might get limited, very limited minutes. You won't see them getting a reasonable amount of time until the third, and third year. So, you know, there's a real potential if we can, if we can get um, a, a stronger NBL1 East to be able to retain those, those players, as you've said, and then hopefully that'll be able to, to bolster the strength of New South Wales teams also. Yeah, definitely. And I think in parallel with the UBL, 
Yep. Uh, University of Sydney have done a really great job of having a strong UBL team, uh, five on five and three x three actually, because both teams I think I think the men's five on five team are heading to Tokyo pretty soon I think, yep. and even three x three. Both the men's and women's team for University of Sydney went to New Zealand and won. Mm. Um, so they're off to another international tournament. I think in parallel, that's going to give young players a really good reason to stay too. Yeah, and just mentioning the UBL, I also want to give a shout-out to some people here at SUSF and also at Basketball New South Wales who helped us organise and get this um, podcast uh, going, um, and that's to Ed Smith and Ian... And Celine from Basketball New South Wales. Thanks, guys. Uh, we really appreciate the help you gave us. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't do it without them. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, and now, quickly, before we, um, we go to a special guest by the magic of technology, assuming that it works the way it's supposed to, <laughs> um, just got to say, you know, we've got uh, the Northside Wizards as the champs in the NBL One North. Uh, the Coburn Cougars as uh, NBL One West, and um, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with in the South uh, this afternoon and also Central. Yes, that Central game is going to be really, really great. Norwood versus Sturt. Yep. My understanding is that Sturt went through the season undefeated, and they've got the likes of Laura Hodges, former Olympian and Opal, in their team as well. Um, but Norwood have come together beautifully this season, led by Ali Wilson, who's just put up some outrageous numbers yeah, all season. Um, but also, big shout-out to the Coburn Cougars over in NBL 1 West because they beat a very tough Willington Tigers in the final who only won NBL 1 uh, a couple of years ago. Yep. And it was the first time in their club history that a women's team have won a championship at the NBL 1 level. So massive congratulations to them. Yeah, and, you know, I think... Look, overall, I think we're going to be shaping up to a really interesting NBL 1 finals weekend. There's going to be some strong competition. And I think, you know, for a second year, I think NBL 1 East will be having some players up there because and teams up there because what we're seeing here this season between, you know, then let's face it, everybody picked them to be getting into the finals, Norths and Manly. Um, it's going to be tough competition. Yeah, it's going to be... Awesome na- matchups at MBL One Nationals, and of course the, like you said, Northside Wizards up in que- in North, winning that championship. Courtney Woods just having an absolute dream season. So she went from Townsville to Northside for this season. I believe the former uh, Spartans coach as well went to Northside this season and recruited a couple of former Spartans players with him for this season. And um, it's really impressive that they were able to pull it together in a short period of time and have a championship come out of this uh, according to their plan. But if um, the one issue with NBL 1 Nationals last season, particularly for the men, was that the NBL talent was missing. Yep. Hopefully with scheduling this time, the NBL talent can stay. But I can expect that lots of the WNBL talent that have been playing NBL 1 will be available for Nationals. Yep. And so let's give, a, let's give this technology a whirl and let's see Go if we can it. get our special guest on. Oh, it's ringing in everything. <laughs> Hello. Sammy, how are you, mate? <laughs> good, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good. Are you sure? Lauren okay. just arguing that Paul is um, not the right side. 
Wow, that, this is just like being on a proper radio show where we can call in uh, <laughs> listeners and guests. I mean, you know, truth be told, Sammy, you haven't won a prize, but your prize being that you can be on the live pod with us. So hopefully that will suffice. I'm spitting the breeze. Oh, and- yeah, live pod from the grand final. I thought it was the secret sound. The secret <laughs> 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 oh. So, mate, um, got to ask yes. you a big question. Um, who, yeah. do you, who do you like in this final? Because Wisson has been pretty tight. Um, look, I do have a preference, but I don't like to put that stuff out into into the air because I don't want to bring any of that bad juju for the team that I do too. You know, I think honestly, like you said, both teams are just being at it. Tonga is going to be a great game. They're very evenly matched, I think. Um, it's Manly versus North. Lawrence said North will win. Just for Lawrence reference, said North will win. Well, just for reference for <laughs> listeners, the Lauren that Sammy is referring to is Lauren Jackson. So that's, I mean, it's, it's someone with very high expertise chiming in in the background. Oh, I wouldn't go far. Um, <laughs> Harry, who do you think will win? North Manly. Oh, well, I, no. I, I, I'm not willing to call Harry. it. He's consulting Harry, with Harry. Harry. Oh, Harry. Yeah, Harry's on North. He said North. Yep. So um, I'm outvoted here. Um, <laughs> possibly. Possibly, possibly not. <laughs> it's going to be a great game. Great. Uh, the beauties of live radio. <laughs> yes. This, yeah, is, this is fantastic. I have absolutely. To... And, yeah, go. Oh, no, no. Um... I was going to say, you of all people have had the best position to be able to match up these teams, given that you were again an assistant coach for the Albury Wodonga Bandits, and you've picked Manly. What is it that you think Manly have over North in this particular occasion for the grand final? Um, look, I didn't say I was going for Manly. Um, no, <laughs> um, no. Look, I just really like the way they play. They. Um, there, I'm just getting schooled by Harry Jackson now. Um, this is not a good, not good. Um, but I, I just like the way um, Nate Curl and coaches. He's got them absolutely firing on all cylinders, and they're just a team. You know, no like one real standout. Having said that, so's Nords. Um, there's no one real standout, um, but you know, but. I just, I don't know. I think Manly is riding on an absolute high right now, the wave, and that will be enough for them to get over the line. I completely agree, Sammy. It is both, that's what, that is the true strength of both teams. You know, they're both high on the defensive rating for the whole season, but on any given day, anyone in either team can set up and drop 20 points. Yeah. They don't That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't rely on one scorer. They don't rely on a big three. They're all a threat. The, for me, the biggest X factor is um, Jolie Anderson. If they can keep keep her quiet, then everything is uh, is looking pretty good for them. But at the same time, you got to worry about Carlton and Simons. Like that, that's a tough team. But I think. Um, has got Manly really well scouted, um, drilled, and they just they don't fold under pressure. They know what they're doing. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think Jolene Anderson will be the X factor for North. When we're looking at matchups, it's it's a lot easier to kind of place the matchups in a sense of you know who's going to be guarding Simons, who's going to be guarding Alex and Bree Delaney kind of thing. But Jolene Anderson, because of her versatility, uh, and I think because of her size and stature, is probably one of the harder people to guard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and she's just a flamethrower. <laughs> she gets the ball inside half court and she can take the shot. So, and I reckon about five percent of the time is going to go in too. So you got you really have to respect her, which opens everyone else. Like Carla Pittman last weekend was fantastic. Uh, her ability to attack the ring really blew that game apart against Sydney. So that will be it'll be very interesting. And a bit of a stroke of genius starting Kyla Pittman on the bench last uh, last game in the semi-final against Comets as well. And for me, speaking as a coach and a former player, sometimes starting your starters, particularly when they're talented but also a little bit young, so sometimes psychologically the pressure can get to you, starting on the bench can just kind of put them at ease a little bit and let them work their way into the game organically. Yeah, exactly. But also just... It brings a different look, doesn't it? So that a person like Carl is going up against um, either weary legs or going up against someone that's coming off the bench that normally would not. So, you know, an advantage there. So I'm really, yeah, really see what Renee, who is a fantastic coach, um, does here. Like, uh, I don't know. She did match of the year last year for no reason. Mm. And, you know, she was probably very close again this year. Okay, so Sammy, we're going to let you get back to uh, your practice game. Um, thanks for joining us, yeah. and we really appreciate your time. And you know, good luck, good luck matching up against LJ. Oh, look, mate, I've got her covered already. She's uh, she's already making excuses. So you know, preseason twenty twenty four is already started. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe the, co- the head coach's position is open as well for 2024 Bandit season. So keep an eye on that yeah, space. interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we'll Sammy. see. Thanks All right, guys, time. you have a good one. Okay. Thanks. Bye, Sammy. Thanks for the game. Bye. Bye. I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> the fact that Matt Paps, who has coached the Bandits for the last couple of years, yep. has stepped down. So the head coach's role of the Albury Wodonga Bandits women's team for 2024 is, is open. open. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out too. Mm. Um, and it's good to know that um, Sammy had LJ all covered. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, if you're going to be so bold and smack talk LJ, you've yeah. got to have the game to back it yeah, up. Yeah. But those two have such a long-standing relationship <laughs> that... I'm sure she's used to copying some. Oh, I, I have to say, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, we're getting to the back end of this, this short live podcast because, you know, the game is starting in about an hour or so. 2 yeah. p.m. tip off. It is going to be in an hour. And now that you've mentioned it's only an hour, I'm even more nervous. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be um, you're going to be able to watch the game live on uh, KO and on the NBL One East um, channels. So you don't want to miss this one. I think this is going to be a truly spectacular game to watch. Absolutely, one for the ages. Definitely. 
Okay, and thank you to all our listeners, and we'll be watching this game and enjoying the the action. <laughs>